Is the Utah defense one of the best defensive units in college football? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day, and that includes Utah's bye week. If this is your first time joining our show, we are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. You can leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on our social medias at Lockdown Utes is our Twitter handle, and my personal one is at JT Wistersill because my name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Now, today's show, it's a defensive focus show. We're talking all things the Utah defense. We're going to be talking talking about just my defensive grades for Utah's defense by position group through five games. Also just talking about kind of looking ahead, seeing how Utah will do against some of not just the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12, but in college football. And all of them could be Heisman contenders. And Utah is going to be playing a lot of them and all of the ones who could be Heisman contenders in the second half of the season. So we talk about how they could potentially be doing. But first, just want to talk about just how good is this Utah defense? I legitimately think this is one of the best defenses in college football right now. And it's one thing for me to say that, and I could talk about the elite players at every level of a field. I'll try to save most of that for the second segment, although some of these guys are too good. I, I just I think you deserve to – I just can brag about them in both segments because that's the level they've been playing at when trying to state and make my case for how they've been so good. But you can look at a couple of statistics, right? Like Utah is top 15 in scoring defense, and they've played a tough schedule. This isn't – Michigan is one of the also teams who hasn't, um, who's been very strong defensively to start the season. Who have they played? East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Nebraska, and Rutgers. Nebraska and Rutgers, I could Nebraska and like Baylor would be on a similar tier. Tier, although Baylor looked pretty impressive last week, I still don't think Nebraska has kind of put it all together. And Rutgers is Rutgers, like I and mean, then the other ones, East Carolina too. Like Utah's just played a more impressive schedule than that, and the Utah defense has been elite so far this season. Utah is one of the only teams in college football to have not given up multiple touchdowns in more than one game. Yes, they gave it up against Oregon State, but in all their other games, they haven't allowed two touchdowns, and they haven't allowed anyone else thus to score more than 14 points outside of Oregon State. It's a very impressive number. Uh, and just in general, who hasn't done that in college football? Georgia hasn't done that. They let UAB and they let Auburn score multiple touchdowns. Texas has allowed Alabama and Kansas to do it. Obviously, Alabama's Alabama. That's, I'm not saying that Utah has faced a team tougher than Alabama. I'm just saying that's the team that Utah statistics, like who has given up less points in terms of in those big games. I think some of Georgia's stats might be a little better because of just how bad some of the opponents they've played. And that's where, once again, this Utah team has played teams such as Florida held them to 11. Baylor held them to 13. Uh, Weber State FCS opponent, but still uh, UCLA held them to seven. And then the Oregon State, the one hold to 21. But once again, in college football, like if you just go on the road and only give up 21 points in a game, then I just, it's to a top 20 team. That's the other thing. Go on the road and only give up 21 points to a team that is top two top top twenty team, that's a really impressive mark, and I think that and that's one that Utah's achieved because of the level this defense is playing at right now too. So, even some of the other teams, right? You look at a Penn State; they've given up multiple touchdowns to Illinois and West Virginia. And as I mentioned, for the teams who are in the same boat as Utah, pretty much they've just played a cupcake schedule. Literally, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and then it's Indiana, Youngstown. And I'm forgetting the last one, but and it's it's not good. Like that's what that's the point I'm getting across, right? Like no Utah has played 
they've already played four power five teams. Most teams have not done that. We already mentioned even every, every team I listed has played pretty much only one other power five team, except for Utah. That's what made Utah's schedule. So daunting coming into the season. It's like, Oh man, you open with Florida and Baylor. I have so many episodes we spent talking about how tough those games would be. And they were tough for Utah to win still mostly because of the level their offense is not playing up to par right now. But the defense has just been that stout for this Utah team. So I believe this is one of the best defenses in college football. I believe it's a championship level defense in college football. And just when you're saying, okay, what does it take to have a championship level defense in college football? It takes the ability to do a lot of things at a high level, obviously. And that's what this Utah team does when you're talking about rush the passer. And yes, the pass rush took a hit with Logan Fano. Um, just really quick on that. Just hate to see such a talented player having such a great season. And a guy who just in general, just a person, who's worked so hard to get back onto the field. And it was having, once again, a great season. I just hate it for him that he has to go back and rehab now, but he's already got a good attitude about it. You can see the tweet he put out. He appears to be in good spirits. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are with him as he goes through this recovery process. And I, I, I really think he's going to come back even stronger and very well could be one of the leaders in this Utah team in sacks looking ahead to next year. Even I think he's capable of that kind of a season based on the flashes he, he showed. I think he's going to pick up right where he left off coming in uh in the next season too so that's a quick thing on Fano. but even outside of Fano, right like van fill not van fillinger but van fillinger and connor o'toole those are nice complementary like depth pieces in terms of pass rushing and just being elite guys at setting the edge maybe not elite for o'toole when it comes to setting edge although we have heard good things about his pass rush ability jonah ellis is one of the best pass rushers in college football i, I don't think sacks is the end-all be-all when it comes to like, okay, who's the best pass rusher? Because I, I still remember when Vic Beasley had like 16 and a half for the Atlanta Falcons a couple of years ago, right? And then like fell off the face of the earth after that because sacks can be such a situational and lucky thing at times. But what does, but when the sacks show up and like just throughout the game as well, you're being disruptive and like you can go back and watch and see that on film. That's where the sacks can be a good indicator. I think Jonah Ellis is a very worthy candidate to lead college football in sacks. He's been dynamic and dominant all season long. So this team gets after the pass rush. Um, they get after the passer, excuse me, with an elite pass rush. They have one of the best pass rushes in college football. They have multiple defensive tackles who aren't just capable of pushing the pocket, but they're also able of stuff capable of stuffing the run. You have linebackers who really don't miss tackles, elite safeties who can do multiple things, and corners who can hold up on the outside. Yes, Utah's gotten beat once or twice throughout these games, but especially when we're talking about in college football, I can show you guys so many other teams that just their defenses are getting beat at so much of a higher level than this Utah defense is. That's just how impressive I think this defense has been, even when the corners have been beaten once or twice or there's been a big run, something like that. Like mistakes and little plays are going to happen. No defense has been perfect. But I do think when you're just talking about overall talent-wise and just how they looked, how they played, I think this Utah defense has been one of the 10 best defenses in college football because the quality of the opponents they've faced off against and how sharp they've looked against them. I still go back to only giving up 21 points on the road to Oregon State, and they even forced turnover in that game. They did lots of things to give Utah a chance to get back into it. If you told me going into the season that Oregon State would only score 21, and I also knew Cam Rising was coming back, I'm like, okay, Utah probably wins that game then because I'm like, okay, Utah can get over 25 even on the road with Cam Rising. Now, of course, Cam Rising isn't there, and that's where you saw the struggles play out with Nate Johnson. And just in general, we talked about that on the first two shows this week, just how uh, basically the offense has lived in strugglesville <laughs> for the entirety of the season, and that's uh, something we hope gets fixed with the return of Cam Rising. But th this defense is elite. Playmakers at every level, and just they do a great job shutting down opposing offenses throughout the majority of games, with the standout performance having to be that UCLA game where you only allowed seven points. And even at that, it just – 
they were so close to the shutout in that one. I, I think based on how they played overall, like it was a shutout worthy performance. They just didn't make a couple of those plays late, but uh, either way, so impressed with just the level this Utah defense is currently operating at. And uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do the second half of the season. But before we talk about what they're going to do in the second half of the season, I want to sign out grades and talk a little bit more in depth about each position group for this Utah defense. We are going to be doing that about one of the best defenses in college football, just to tie this whole thing together. We're going to be discussing that further in one moment, but first I want to talk to you guys about my preferred short of choice in bird dogs. Bird dog stretchy khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better because those regular shorts, they are made with a stiff restricting cotton, but bird dogs was able to fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having Having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird dogs are functional for any occasion, whether for, for my personal choice, I love them just to watch, kick back and watch games all day. Um, but you can do that, use them, whether you're going on working out, lounging around, like I like to do them golfing, going on a date, even uh, just going out to dinner. They're comfy and they're just the perfect short of choice. So I would highly recommend that you guys head over. Now you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on call or the promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that bird that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you also i want to talk to you guys about another one of the sponsors of today's episode in uccu Learn and earn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play at any time and Anywhere. The more you play, the more you earn, and the more you, or the more you learn, excuse me, and the more you learn, of course, that's where it comes in, the more you can earn. Learn and earn, part of UCC's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. All righty, coming back in this one, let's design and talk about some of the grades I have uh, for some of the individual positions of this Utah defense um, I'm going to tell you right now, the grades are going to be incredibly high. Even with giving up 21 against Oregon State, I find anything like less than, I mean, every, every one of these is going to be above an A. I mean, I just don't see how, once again, top 15 scoring defense, the competition they've played, the way they've performed on the road, I, I really don't see how I can be harsh on this group. I, I, I don't. I think you have to give them high grades. I think the performance in turn, I should say, I think the statistics has matched the performance. I've gone back and watched every game twice now, and every time I do, I, and every time I did so, I was came away even more impressed with the defense than I did watching the game live. So starting out with the defensive line, A+. Plus. You got a guy who is one of the leaders in college football. I, last time I checked, I think Jonah Ellis still is. I think it's still the leader in sacks, um, having just gotten another one. 
And when you're, I, mean, I would still give this, and this is once again what they've done so far throughout the season. So we'll see how they adjust without a Logan Fano. I hope Connor O'Toole can be everything Coach Winningham has hyped him up to be as what he said coming into the season, the best pass rusher on this team. I don't know if he'd still say that now with how Jem is producing, but that's how high Winningham was on him coming into the season. Van Fillinger has been a constant on this team since 2021, and I have no doubt will continue to help out. And Chase Kennedy was kind of an under-the-radar guy. We were all, or not really under the radar, but just a guy who made some noise in spring ball that we were all curious to see how involved he was going to be with the emergence of Logan Fauna. It didn't look like a lot, but now that he is injured, I think Kennedy will have a chance to earn some more snaps as a valued backup piece for this team. So something to keep an eye on, but just once again, for grading, how have they done so far in the season, whether you're talking about the elite rushing, the elite run defense that has showed up against Florida and in particular against UCLA, like Utah has been good at stopping the run all season, but like the Bruins were known for their physical rushing attack. Florida gouged Utah on the ground last year, and the Utes really shut them down. Even Baylor in the second half. That's something, too, with this defense is they'll just have dominant halves where they only give up one touchdown or no touchdowns, which is just so hard to do in college football once again. So hats off to Jonah Ellis for being one of the best pass rushers in college football, as we discussed in the last segment, and uh, just the defensive tackles especially, whether you're talking about this D-tackle group runs so deep, uh, so deep. Junior Tafuna and the level he's playing at once again got back up pretty much after where he picked off after that first half against Baylor. Uh, Keanu Tanovasa arguably been the breakout player on this Utah team overall. Going on from there, David Fotu's made plays. Alekivai Mahi, even Samote Peppa is starting to regain his form too. So yeah, I, I think this Utah defensive line has to get an A plus for the job they've done getting after the quarterback like they did in the UCLA game. And then the job they've done stuffing the run like they've done just in games throughout the season, just like they have rushing the passer. I think this Utah defensive line has been special this season. And while they haven't been perfect, you can still not be perfect and earn an A+. Plus. As I've talked about this before on grading shows, right? Like you can get the 97, that's an A+. Plus. It's not a 100, but I, I think that's what this Utah group is. I think they're at like a 98 or a 99 to get a get really technical with the grading system. Uh, but either way, A-plus for the defensive line. And I'm going A-plus for the linebackers too. I thought about maybe knocking them, but then I'm like, why? Karene Reed, Lander Barton, Leovani Damuni, I think they've done a really good job. I, I think they've done a great job. I'll even say I'm giving them an A plus, right? So yeah, have they missed a tackle or taken a bad angle once or twice? Yeah, but that's the thing. Once again, once or twice, this isn't a 100%. I'm not grading in absolutes. I'm grading in how have they been playing overall. It's another group that I think would be above a 95. I just think this linebackers, whether it is a Lander Barton, the pick six, uh, Kareni Reed has a pick six. Leovani Damuni stepped in in key moments and made plays for this team. I think that... The, the defensive line, the, excuse me, the linebackers have, have just been elite as well. So they have to, to me, also earn an A+. They're all, they fly all over the field. They take on blocks sometimes to kind of clog up gaps a little bit. They'll come down. They're great and run support flying in there and uh, take good angles coming in. They're both, they're strong tacklers. They rarely miss a tackle. So yeah, just the consistency and overall play. Linebackers, another group. I, I think I got to give an A+, because of the level we're seeing at Karenny Reed, Lander Barton, Leovani Damuni play out all season long. So A plus for them. Lowest grade on the on the defense is going to go to the cornerbacks. I'm still giving them an A though. I, I think they've been good overall. Even DJU, right? I still think DJU is a really good college quarterback and they made him have they Utah provided good coverage and forced him into some tough looks. They even picked him off one time, although that was that'll be on the safety's grading chart of course, but yeah, the cornerbacks have been beat once or twice for uh, not yeah, not just once or twice. They've been beat a couple times kind of each game for a big play. But if that's all it is, just a couple times, not all game long, it'll be like, okay, one drive, they gave up a 20 yard game. But then even on that same drive, like Utah will be able to get off the field because those DBs will respond on a third down. 
and they'll make a stop. So that's where, yeah, I'm going to hold them not be an A-plus because of those couple of big plays they've given up. But I don't think I can go – I don't really want to go any lower, and I don't think I should go any lower just because they've been gashed once or twice. That's what every defensive backfield has been at some point throughout college football. I still think this is an elite defensive backfield. Uh, the corners, I think, are amongst the best in college football. And once again, it's an A for me. The only reason it's not an A-plus is because they haven't gotten – um, they've just allowed, excuse me, just allowed a couple of those big pass plays. That's the only reason it's not an A plus, but we are going back to an A plus for the safeties. When you just look at what Cole Bishop and Sione Vaki have been arguably two of the best safeties in college football, not even just the PAC 12 to me, Bishop and Vaki both all over the field. Tao Johnson can get roped into corner and safeties as well. Cause he's played on, on the back end a little bit, just cause of how good Vaki and uh, Bishop are in the box too. um, elite tacklers. Just do a, have a nose for a football, break up big plays, exceptional tacklers in space. I think that might be their best attribute is uh, if they don't make some of the plays they do, they've saved touchdowns on the season and they've had tackles for losses in key moments too. Uh, both of them have added a couple interceptions so far this year too. Always seem to be around the football, just making plays, making things happen. Uh, Utah's two special safeties, once again, two of the best in college football and they're, I would probably say the leaders of this defense, Bishop, for sure. I don't know. This is what's hard. Karani Reed's a leader on this defense. Junior Tufuna is. Uh, Cole Bishop is, based on his play. Like so many just game-changing players for Utah on the defensive side of the ball is what has allowed them to only give up more than two touchdowns, or excuse me, more than one touchdown once all season long, and they did it against Oregon State. So, so impressed with this Utah defense. Uh, as one final grade I'll throw in, I'm going to give Morgan Scanley an A-plus, of course, too. All these players are out there playing and executing. He's done a good job designing game plans and the schematical things, just in-game adjustments, all that stuff. What Like Baylor getting gashed on the ground early in that one, the first half, second half. Baylor doesn't really have any success running on you. That's a credit to Morgan Scally for putting his team and the guys on the field to execute and make plays. So Morgan Scally, another guy who I think uh, deserves an A-plus grade. Even the teacher gets gets an A-plus grade in uh, in this scenario too. So uh, just so thrilled about the level the Utah defense is playing at. If the offense, the Utah defense is the reason I'm still like, this team has a chance to make the Pac-12 championship game. Because even though Cam is going to come back and we'll see how he does early on, we, we hope he comes back soon. Obviously, it'd be great to have him back for Cal. And so then get his feet under him before the USC game. But like if Utah is a healthy camp rising against USC, against Washington, against Oregon, against Colorado late in the season, like they will be at have well, and especially Colorado with the way the buffs are kind of on the downtrend right now. But especially those three elite teams I mentioned, um, Utah will have a chance in all those games, regardless of how the offense is playing to me, or I shouldn't say that, as long as the offense is playing okay because the defense is going to frustrate those teams. Utah's offense will have to produce, but it's not like the offense will have to score every single drive because the defense is capable of getting a stop to even like two force back-to-back three and outs on some of these offenses because of how elite and just how talented they are too. And uh, from a play, it's a perfect mix of play calling and just players executing and elite players too. That has led to the Salt Lake City being the home to one of the best defenses in college football. So uh, a great grading scale for the Utah defense. We're going to do the offensive grades tomorrow. Uh, grades aren't going to be as great as you guys can uh, <laughs> probably guess for that one. So uh, we'll, we'll grade the offense. Also, I'll be reacting to more of uh, some of the Coach Whittingham press conference stuff on tomorrow's show. And, yeah, maybe some other news as well. I know there was a big thing about Brant Keithy today. Um, it, I just always like to wait till that stuff is reported by a source that I really trust with a proven record. Of, of being correct on all these things. It's not a shot on anyone. That's just, once again, like I, I get myself in trouble when I just start running with things that are, I just, that don't seem really 
um, accurate with what, uh, what everyone else is reporting. So that's why I'm not overreacting. And that's why this episode didn't start with a brand Keithy title. But as I said, tomorrow's show, we'll react to some of Witt's comments and break down the grading of the offense. But before we get out of here today, I do want to talk about how I think this Utah defense projects to the second half of the season, because they play not one, not two, not three, honestly, four potential Heisman contenders who reside at the quarterback position in the Pac-12. I want to talk about how I think Utah's defense will fare against those quarterbacks in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode in FanDuel Sportsbook. You guys can snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include the spread, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So make sure you guys head over right now to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's all caps, no spaces, and kick off the NFL season. The season is really starting to heat up, too. Now that we're four weeks in, we're seeing the Jets kind of still going up and down a little bit, seeing the Chiefs heat up, the Bills. Um, if you guys think your team is going to get hot and just if you think they'll win the big game this week that they got going on, make sure you guys head over to FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm a big Vikings fan. I, I think the Vikings got a shot. That, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So make sure you guys visit FanDuel.com slash college and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, close this one out. Let's talk about the Utah defense as it pertains to them in the second half of the season. Because if we are looking at Utah's schedule, once they get back, Utah's defense is going to do very well against Cal. That's nothing crazy. Um, but then after that, you play top 10 teams in back-to-back weeks in USC. Then you play Oregon. Then you get a little bit of a break against Arizona State, who is not very good this year. But So the Utah defense should play very well there. But then you play Washington. Then you play an Arizona team that we talked about already earlier, gave Washington their toughest test of the season. So I do think that's another one where the youths will have to give it all they got, or they could get upset in Tucson by a talented Wildcats team. Then the final week of the season, you bring in the most hype, you welcome in the most hype team in college football, Coach Prime's Colorado Buffaloes. So in that slate, as I said, you're facing four Heisman contenders two of which will be on the road when you go to USC. And we know USC and Caleb Williams is going to be motivated uh, to get after Utah after what the Utes did to him two times last year. Um, just getting the win more so than Utah didn't. I don't think Utah ever really stopped him. They did at times in the second game, but I mean, Caleb got hurt. Like I said, I think that game could have been different because you could clearly see he wasn't the same player after the injury. Um, and, and once again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Utah. That's that's just a fact. It's the same. It's the same thing. I talk about the caveat a little bit where um, Utah not beating Penn State. They would have had a chance to if Cam Rising doesn't get hurt. Penn State probably still wins that game. Even if Caleb Williams stays healthy, I still think Utah beats uh, USC in that. Pac-12 championship game, but still things that bear mentioning. But either way, the Utah defense is going to be put in some tough spots at USC, at Washington, welcoming in Oregon, traveling to Tucson, and taking on Colorado. So how do I think the Utah defense is going to do in that? I still think they're going to do really well. Even when I look back on the film against Oregon State, right? Like I just look at what are the issues for this Utah teams. Um, you just see like very small, minor things every drive. Like it'll be like a Broughton missed tackle. Um, it'll be... Things like good double teams at times when then you'll get like two players taking a bad angle from the linebacker or safety spot. Just little things, right? Like Zamaya Vaughn has been getting beat a couple times, uh, get, gets beat deep, deep a couple times. Broughton will get deep beat short and then will miss a tackle. That happened a couple times against Oregon State too. But once again, nitpicking minute details. Now, could those hurt Utah? Especially, like we said, the receivers just have been 
receivers have been beating this Utah defense for big plays at times. That could absolutely hurt them against these teams. But I and while I think it's going to happen, I I still think this Utah defense is going is just too good to let it happen repeatedly. I just don't see how I don't see USC dropping twenty one against Utah, for example, I in the first quarter, obviously for the game, they're going to score over 30 probably. Uh, same thing for Washington. I just don't see this Utah defense getting gashed for more than 20 and a quarter. Yes, could they could give up uh, 14 and quarters, stuff like that, just because of how talented those offenses are. But this Utah defense is really talented too. Talked about it all show. An elite pass rush, the ability to stop the run, players who don't miss tackles, corners who can hold up and force coverage sacks. A lot of Utah sacks have been coverage coverage sacks. That's another reason, like I talked about the big plays Utah gives up. The reason that grade wasn't an A- minus or even like to a B was because some of the sacks Utah's gotten have been coverage sacks because how good the back end's been. And Cole Bishop, Sione Vaki, once again, some of the best safeties in college football. This Utah defense is capable of hanging in and making plays against Caleb Williams, against Michael Penix, against Bo Nix, against Jaden Delora, like they did last year, and against Shador Sanders because they are talented at every level. They're well-coached, and I think they'll execute. Utah is going to give those teams some of their toughest tests of the season. They will find success. Utah will not shut out any of the teams I just mentioned, especially not the USC, Washingtons, and Oregons of the world. But Utah will have success against them on the defensive side of the ball. I think they have a chance to force turnovers. I think Utah will get after them. I think there could be quarters where they help those teams scoreless. I think both those all those teams could get off to slow starts against Utah because of how special this defense is. So it's going to be some great battles. It's one of the things that's so exciting about the Pac-12 this season is all the elite quarterbacks. As a fan of the sport, there's nothing I like better than best against best. The Pac-12 quarterbacks versus the Utah defense. The definition of best against best. I can't wait to see who wins. I think Utah has a great shot to emerge on top in every one of those battles. They could also lose a lot of them too. So that's what's going to make this really fun and interesting. And it's that's no indictment on Utah. It's no indictment on those quarterbacks for me saying they have the potential to lose them. Just how good and the respect I have for the players on both sides of the ball for those teams. And yes, we have the bye this week, but very soon we'll be talking about Utah football. The Cal game about a week and a half away now. Make sure you guys keep it out locked on Utes for the rest of this week. As once again, offensive grades tomorrow. And we'll be doing some season, the rest of the season prediction stuff on Friday. Also, once again, if you guys have questions for the show, make sure you guys send them in. I greatly appreciate you guys who listen to the very end. So if you guys do have anything you want me to answer, uh, make sure you guys leave a comment or even tag me on Twitter. And I'll try to get to it on Friday's show. Uh, this week as we'll do a little bit of a Q&A slash season prediction show. So look forward to seeing you guys then, but that will do it for today's edition of Locked On News. We'll see you tomorrow.